0: Welcome to Passion Life Church. Our speaker is is my mom, and she's an incredible minister of the gospel. She's a mother. She's a grandmother. She's planted churches. She initially founded the San Diego Dream Center, where they fed homeless people and where they um, reached out to people. They did services. She raised up leaders. And uh, I'm so honored to have her speak today because her life has been such an example. She truly is a living epistle. All of her kids are serving God. All of her grandkids are serving God. We're still praying for one. His name's Noah. He's like four, and we're praying for him. He's still, come on, he's still a little, come on. You know, there's always that one, but we're just praying for him, all right? We're ministering to him, and he likes me, so I'm using that influence to influence that little guy, right? And so all he talks about is dinosaurs, but we need him to start talking about Jesus and the disciples. How many of you know? And so all of her grandkids are serving the Lord. And I would ask, just would you, out of honor, would you just stand today as we welcome Kathy Duncan to minister to us today? Thank you, guys. We love you, Eric. Eric said he's going to change his last name to church. But
1: Come on, give her a great round of applause. I love you, Mom. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm honored to be here, at Passion Life Church. It's really a privilege uh, to be here before you and to be sharing the Word of God to you. And I thank God for my son, Pastor Phil, Pastor Valerie, precious Gavin. Your pastors are faithful. My son Phil, he is a faithful man of God that loves you and loves. Passion Life Church. They work tirelessly. And um, I just want to honor him today and thank God for him and and Pastor Val. And it's so good to be here in California. This is like my third week here, and this is the last day here in Marietta with Phil and Val. I'm headed on to San Diego to my other son, George, and his family for two days. And then I'll be going back to Fort Worth, Texas. Amen. Yes, the state with the church on every corner, brothers and sisters. Well, today, I just want to um, share with you what I know God has put on my heart. I've prayed about other things, but this kept coming back, and I know there's some people here that need to hear this, just as I need to hear it, all of us. We live in this dispensation of time. We don't live back when Jesus lived. We live now. God needs you and I now. And he's doing a lot of great things for the kingdom of God. And I just want to encourage you and stir you up today to be ministers in your community, wherever you're around, in your work, in your home. Now's our time. And um, my introduction today is, is going to be about the new season that it is 2024, what we're two months in. But it's a new season for me, it's a new season for all of us, a new year. But for me, it's a very new, different season. Um, My precious husband of 25 years went home to be with the Lord. I know where he is Um, at the end of December of this year. And I just started seeking God. I mean, seeking God. Like we sang in that song, I sought the Lord and he answered. How many of you know today that God wants to answer you But, you know, some of us just take it for granted. You know, God knows my heart. He knows what I need. Brothers and sisters, so many times in the scriptures, it tells us, you know, to seek God while he may be found. To seek him with all your heart. Seek him first. Amen? So many times. So I sought the Lord. And then about three weeks after that, the Lord sought me. And he wants to do the same. He doesn't forget your prayers. He has them. We have to trust him and walk in faith in that. Amen? So my precious pastors, Pastor uh, Robert LaVornia and Phyllis, they're my precious pastors of 37 years. They're the ones that married um, my husband and I. Pastor Phil actually was a youth pastor there for a long time. They may be watching today, and I love you if you are. But anyway, my pastors of 37 years texted me, and they said, Kathy, can I call you? And I was like, this was like three weeks after my seeking God on what my life would now look like. I wanted to know, what do you want from me? I didn't want to step out too soon. I didn't want to go and do my own thing. I knew God had a plan for my life going forward. So I saw him, and then my pastors, they called me. And Pastor Bob, he got on the phone, and he started speaking the Word of God to me. And right away, tears just came in my eyes because I knew that was God responding to my prayer. That was God responding to me as I sought him. And he said, it's your time, Kathy. He says, it's going to be very clear, the timing. God will give you an unction, which means, and I looked up unction after that, an unction which means intensity of expression. He'll give you that. He'll give you supernatural gifting. The anointing will be strong, and it'll be supernatural strength. How many of you know all that we don't have on our own? No. I can get up here today, disconnected from God, and I'll tell you what. You guys will all get up and leave. It's the anointing. It's the spirit of God that excites us and ignites our spirits. Amen? That's what it is. So after that, I was just like crying and thanking God with all my heart. It was like his endorsement. Go ahead, my daughter, it's your time. And so I'm here today. I'm speaking the word of God, and I praise God for that. But I want to encourage you. I'm speaking to you today, and I pray that you're, you have ears to hear, and you're going to be focused. You're going to be focused on what the Lord has to say to you. He's going to minister to each individual heart today because he knows he loves you. He knows where you are. He knows your home, your family, and he wants to speak a word to you. But, you know, what God laid on my heart for this message was speaking about being spirit-focused, being spirit-focused. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to minister some scriptures to you. Some of them will be up there. Some of them won't be. But Jeremiah 29, says, God has plans for you. And he has plans for you all here. His plans today are good. God's plans are good. You can look that up. Most translations say plans or thoughts he has for you are good plans. That's from God. Some of us don't walk in the spirit or walk knowing that inside of ourselves. Well, God's plans for me are good. And thanking him for that. Thanking God that his plans for us are good. And he specifies here, brothers and sisters, not for evil or disaster. How many have heard many times, well, I don't know why God had that happen, and I don't know why that car accident, God you know, they place God there, and that's not what God, who God says his plans are for you, not for evil, he specifies, not for disaster, but he wants to give you a hope and a future. But what God wants today, he wants us to be spirit-focused, so we see it, and we know it. We can make a mistake by walking and not encountering God, not carving out time in our day to listen to him, not just here but to listen to God. And I want to encourage you today to be excited because God wants to speak this to you for a reason because today you can turn and you could be more spirit-focused than being fleshly-focused. And I need that. Everyone needs that. It's just not you know, you all here, but we as Christians, we need to be more spirit-focused because God wants to speak to us. And don't miss it today. There's distractions. The enemy wants to come. Do you know, brothers and sisters, that the enemy comes to steal the word? That's what he wants to do. He wants to steal God's word from you. He's a thief, and he comes to do that. In John 10, 10, he comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. But Jesus wants his word to reign in your spirits today, that you receive it. Amen? And you walk in that and we actually decide. I can't decide for you how focused you want to be. You could be sitting here smiling at me, but you can be thinking about lunch or thinking about what you're going to be doing this week, your work. Please, I admonish you with all my heart. This 40 minutes or whatever it's going to be, tune in. Focus on what God is going to say to you. So many times when I've come to church, God has spoken to me because I put a demand on his spirit. I go listening and expecting the Holy Spirit to speak to me. It's, a, it's an important time. And not only here from the, from the platform, but you can come. One of your brothers and sisters can speak a word to you. So we miss it when we don't, um, we don't come to church. We miss something from God. God gives us a tremendous invitation. Jeremiah 33.3. 3. It's God's invitation to us, and I love it. It says, call to me. Now, this is precious to me because I've done this so many times. God says, call to me, and I will answer and show you great and mighty things, fenced in, hidden, which you do not know. Brothers and sisters, the things of the Spirit that God has for us, we cannot make them out in the flesh. We will never know with our natural minds. We have to go to God and seek him, and he'll reveal it to us by his spirit. That's how important this is. The things God wants to show you are not visible to the natural man. They're not. God has them for you. He wants you to seek him, to go into your room, shut the door. I love how Matthew 6 6 says, when you want to pray or seek God, go into your secret place, shut the door, meaning what? Shut out all distractions. Shut out all the noise. Amen? And he'll speak to your heart. That's happened to me. It's happening to me. But I want more of it. So we have to seek God. And you're going to have as much as you um, attend to God's word and are available for him. We have to make that. God's not going to make it for you. We, even, either mine's early morning. We have to carve out time in our day because it doesn't happen. How many, You know that. In your family, with children, I mean time. Once you get up, the day rolls. So if you get up before anyone, spend time with God, his sweet spirit. He'll even minister to you for that day and what you need. Amen? Amen. So I've entitled my message today, as I said, as being spirit-focused, and I just want to throw out a question here to all of you. And only you know this. I don't know it. Um, Only you and God know this. What would you say you are more of? What are you more driven by? Are you driven by the Spirit of God? Is He the one that you follow and He's um, ordering up your steps? Are you looking to the Word of God for your plans and for what He has for you? Or would you say you're led by your senses, your flesh? That's what the Bible calls our body um, and our will and our mind and our emotions. Which one are you led by? Because today, God wants to change it up. He wants us all to be led by the Spirit of God, or we won't know what He has for us to do. You know, time goes by. You get older in life, and he wants you to fulfill the purpose he has for you on this earth, each one of you. You have a purpose. Amen? Many times we look at ourselves and, oh, I'm not like so-and-so. I don't have talent. I can't do this, and I can't do that. We can all fall. And even, actually, the men of old in the Old Testament, Moses was guilty of that. He said, I can't talk right. You know, he wanted Aaron to come and to talk for him. And who was it else? Uh, Gideon. Gideon was the same way. I can't fight those Midianites. Our family are the weakest clan. And God had called him, you mighty man of, of uh, valor and mighty warrior. <laughs> so look how we look at ourselves In our own self, that's who we are. But in God, brothers and sisters, what does the Bible say? Who you are. Do you know who you are? Are you looking in the word to see who you are? We're more. Jesus could have said you're conquerors. We're more than conquerors. And we have to start putting that word in our heart, believing it, and praying it back to God. Thank you, God, for making me more than a conqueror. Yes, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You know, just let the word come out and pray it back to God. Amen? Because God is a spirit. God is a spirit. We must worship him and speak to him pray to him in spirit and in life, spirit and truth. Amen? Amen. So we're a three-part being. I'm sure all of you know that. You are a spirit, all of us here. This flesh gets old, and what does it do one day? Return to what? The dust. That's what your flesh does. Your spirit lives on. Your spirit is renewed day by day, amen? Recently, we went to a conference, and I was just like taken back. This 85, 86-year-old woman, I think it was, she gave a testimony of what she's doing at 86 that left my mouth drop. She heads up all these nursing homes. And she has people actually designated to, to go to these nursing homes. She has a, uh, a plan for each one of them that the Lord has showed her curriculum and all that. And she's just so excited. And she's doing this and that. And I was just looking at her. I said, 86? Yes. God wants us to keep going for Him until it's time for us to, to go home and be with the Lord. Don't waste one minute. Your flesh will try to pull you away from the things of God and do worldly things or, or things that, you know, have nothing to do with God. And all that does is cause you to be dull of hearing what the Spirit is saying, and it causes you to drift away. Encourage yourself in the Lord. Pray in the Lord. Pray in the Holy Ghost. I don't know if all of you here are baptized yet in the Holy Spirit, but that's essential. We need that. We need that to pray and build up our most holy faith inside. So we are a spirit, we live in a body, and um, God, the body is called the flesh in the Bible. When we become born again, until we become born again, I should say, we just operate in the flesh, brothers and sisters. That's what we do, because we don't know. Our spirits are not yet alive to God. The importance of becoming born again is that your spirit becomes alive to God. And you can go and you can pray And hear the Lord. God wants that. We're meant for fellowship. We're meant to engage with God every day, and you're going to see your life change. You're going to see things happen that you haven't that haven't happened before. But when we're dependent on the flesh, sadly, we're going to have flesh outcomes, and some of those outcomes we don't want. I'm going to tell you right up: you don't want those flesh outcomes. See God, he's, gonna, he's interested in every part of our life and in everything we do. He's interested. Paul said in Philippians 3:3, He said, For we Christians are the true circumcision. We are the true circumcision inside of our heart. In the Old Testament, it was an outward uh, sign of a covenant. But today, God says, We are the true circumcision who worship God in the Spirit and put no confidence or dependence on what we are in the flesh. That's why it's a blessing when you see these talented uh, football players or talented um, actors or whoever they are, when they humble themselves and give glory to not who they are in their talent or in their flesh, but they give glory to God. Amen? That's what, that's what God wants. Our whole life is giving glory to him. So what makes this message today so powerful is that God is gonna speak to your spirit and God has something to say to you today. We're never here just by coincidence or accident. This is, we're an organism, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And God brings his word to us that is life, something that he wants you to know. We're just not here as a little club or, you know, just fellowshipping, it's important every song that we sing is ministering to our hearts, you know, that we take that in and worship God back with. So God is going to reveal what he has for you today. And, you know, there's so many voices pulling in our life. I know that, man, around you, you know, do this or, you know what, you want to hear this? This worked out. And, you know, so many things, even the news is blaring away, saying things that are happening in the world. And The world actually is trying to press into you to influence you. And that's why it's so important that we know the word of God today, that our spirit is connected with God, that we're focused on what he's saying. Then you can say, um, uh, no, no, I'm not going down that road, you know, and, and you pray to God and you seek God. Now, the beautiful thing is the Bible says that God's word is spirit. Woo! I get excited, brothers and sisters. God's word is spirit and life. John 6, 63, that's what Jesus said. Jesus said, it is the spirit who gives life. Nothing else is going to give you life in your spirit and in your inner man except the word of God, except Jesus. So the spirit is him that gives you life. Jesus said this, the flesh profits nothing. That's heavy. It may seem tight, but it's right. Amen? Amen. He says, the words that I'm speaking to you. And he was talking to his disciples. You know, and we're disciples. If you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, we are disciples of the Lord. And he said, the words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life, his very words. The, the Passion translation. I love to look up different translations. The Passion translation reads this scripture: "The Holy Spirit is the one who gives life. That which is of the natural realm is of no help." Woohoo! When we know this, then we're going to press in more to God. Find time alone with God. Jesus had to. Jesus walked the earth. He had to spend time. He spent time with his Father all night, and he even said, "The words that I speak to you, they're not even my words." They're the Father's words. So there's so much that he wants to reveal. The NIV says the spirit gives life, the flesh counts for nothing. <laughs> Sometimes we can get puffed up. Oh, yeah, there's a time in our life, you know, we may look good. We go to the gym. We look at our, our physical uh, outside flesh. It looks pretty good, right? But inside we could be so empty. And there was a man of God years ago. I think it was Kenneth Hagan, that went to this um, Cafeteria is a big. I don't know what's the name of the cafeteria, but there was a bodybuilding thing, and um, there was many bodybuilders in line with their tray going down. And the Lord gave him a vision. All their spirits were this big, and their flesh was you know this big. But I want it the other way around. I want my spirit to be filled with the Word of God. Amen, and be led by the Spirit of God. Amen. John eight thirty one and thirty two. As Jesus spoke these words. Many believed in him. Verse 31 says, and Jesus said to those Jews that did believe in him, if you abide, that means stay. Abide means stay. It doesn't mean visit. It means stay. If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. Now, if we abide in his word, we're his disciples indeed. And he said, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you you free. I love that translation and the um, amplified version because, you know, we, in so many areas we need to be free in our life, you know, each and every one of us. But Jesus says if we stay in the word, abide in there, live in there every day, his word alone will make us free. That's going to happen. God's words are spirit and they are life. John 16, 14, and 15, and I love this scripture. It's amazing. When I first read it in my mind, I just couldn't—I believed it because God said it, but I couldn't—it was hard to wrap my mind. Really, God? Oh, my goodness. John 16, 14, and 15, it says, When the Spirit of truth has come, he will honor and glorify me. Now, when Jesus Christ was on the earth, the Holy Spirit had not yet come. Jesus had the whole Holy Spirit in him, but he could only be in one place at one time. So Jesus knew when it was time for him to go back to the Father— the Holy Spirit would come so he can be in all of our hearts and he can live in us. But listen to what Jesus said. He will honor and glorify me. This is what the Holy Spirit does. Because he will take of what is mine and he'll reveal and declare it, transmit it to you. That's what the Holy Spirit does. And listen to this. He said everything that, is, that the Father has is mine. So Jesus said he's going to take The Holy Spirit is everything that is of Jesus's, what is his, and he's going to reveal it to you. And everything that the Father has, he said, is mine. And then he'll take of mine and reveal it to you. So everything that the Father has, God wants to reveal things to us by our spirit. And he said, the spirit will take the things that are mine and reveal, declare, disclose, transmit it to you. Wow, what a, what a promise, brothers and sisters. When we sit before the Lord and listen, it's just we want to get up too fast. All these things are going through my mind. I know because it happened to me. You know, I get before the Lord, oh, you forgot to do this. There's no food in the dog's dish, and they're out there. They're probably hungry. And, you know, all these things that you could do. I forgot to pay this bill. I have to go do this. I take the meat out. It has to thaw. All these things. And, you know, one time, this man of God that I was listening to, he was telling, he was saying kind of like the same thing. He said, what I do, before I go into the presence of God and shut my door, I make a list of everything. Feed the dogs, <laughs> take out the meat, or whatever. Okay, it's already there. It's already down there, and I do what I have to do. Then I shut the door, because then the devil doesn't have anything else more to say to you. And um, so you'll do that. But John 14, 26, the Holy Spirit will teach you all things. When Jesus was on the earth, he, w- he was teaching the disciples, brothers and sisters. He was teaching them, but now... Jesus is in heaven. We have the Holy Spirit that is going to teach us all things. But how many of you know that we have to be present? Amen? I mean, I know, I understand, I get it. When you're on the go, you can put a CD on if you do that anymore or put YouTube on or whatever. You know, put your earphones in and and whatever and listen. But there's nothing like being alone. Because when you're doing that and you're doing something else, there's something always around that could distract you. So what I'm saying today, to really be focusing on the Spirit of God, give God time. Carve that out in your schedule, brothers and sisters. If you haven't been doing that, it's the Lord reminding you. He loves you so much. He don't want you to miss what he has for you. And he will show you when you seek him and when you seek him with all your heart. God will lead you to the right relationships when you seek and you stay focused on God, you'll know, not this person, nope. You'll know that. There's things that the Spirit are going to reveal to you that you don't know. We've read that already, Jeremiah 33.3, 3, that, that he wants to tell you that you yourself don't know. You won't waste your life. You'll live on purpose. You don't have to live with regret, and you will shine you will live as an epistle. People will see something in you at work or wherever you are and want to know where it is, what it is, what's making the difference in you. Why are you like that? But here's the caution today. You can live your whole life. God loves you. Come to church every Sunday. You know, live your whole life in the flesh. But the thing on that is you never fulfill the purpose that God has for you. So I do want to shake you up a little bit today. I want you to think of these things. It's a new year. Many people, you know, in the world, usually their resolutions are about, of course, you know, losing weight and all that kind of stuff and different things, but God wants us. He wants you. He wants you in his presence. He wants to just minister to you and tell you things, you know, that you need to know. In God's intense love for you, and for me, he made a way for our spirits to be alive to him. And ju- I just I want to break away right now and just say what my uh, son, Pastor Phyllis, is going to be preaching. You know, as I have loved you, don't miss it. When you hear about God's love, it's such an important, important uh, message. So in God's intense love for you and for me, he made a way for our spirits to be alive to him. 2 Corinthians 5.17 all of us maybe can quote this scripture. But what it's saying here is powerful. It says, therefore, if any man, anyone, actually, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation, a new creation. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. Now, in verse 18, all things are of God. That's the difference. Your spirit is now, when you receive Jesus Christ, you're uh, is made alive to God, that you can have fellowship with God. It's spirit to spirit now. Before, your spirit wasn't alive to God before you became to know God and you were born again. The literal, listen to the literal translation. It's amazing. It says, you become a new species of being that never existed before. Don't let the devil hammer you and say, oh, you, that's not gonna work for you. Well, you're just this way. You're this, you're that. Well, you know what? I'll tell you the truth. A lot of times, like, I'll be doing something, and this thought will come to my mind, and I'll say, wait a minute, that's not my thought. Now, that can happen to you. Don't feel condemned. Don't take that thought, because my thoughts are about God. My thoughts are about good things. My thoughts are exciting about the Word of God and my family or whatever. So take that thought and cast it down. Bring your thoughts to the obedience of Christ every time. Don't think it's you. That helped me so much. Um, when the Spirit of God showed me that. I said, Lord, that's not my thought. And he said, no. He said, you have to cast that thought down, away from you. Walk the other way from it. Amen? 1 Corinthians six seventeen: the person who is joined to the Lord, this became one of my <sighs> favorite scriptures lately. The person who is joined to the Lord becomes one spirit with him. So when you become born again, your spirit becomes alive to God. You're one spirit with him now. You know, and I was thinking about that, how much it must grieve the heart of God when he wants to speak to us and tell us so many things by our spirit, but we're too busy. or We're involved in things that aren't, you know, things for eternity. We're involved in things, mundane things. Now, I know you have to work. Everybody has to work but you can still be spirit-focused even when you're working. Amen? Amen. Many people do have a misconception um, of religion, and sometimes they say, well, my performance, the things that I do show that I love God. You know what? We cannot have the performance mentality. Because what you're showing is only works and thinking that God's gonna be pleased just because your works. That's not how you please God. Proverbs fourteen twelve, which is so important in Proverbs sixteen twenty five, God said the same thing twice in Proverbs. And whenever God says the same thing, we, we we need to listen. Both of those scriptures say there's a way that seems right. You know, people can say, Well it just feels good and it feels right. I, I just I think this is right. This is the way I'm going to go. But you know what? It says there's a way that seems right, but the end of that is death. So everything, everything that we're going to do, you're not your own anymore, brothers and sisters. You are bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. You belong to him. That's why it's so important to yield your heart. Make time. Get with God. Lord, what is it that you'd have me do? I want to do what you want me to do. And I'll tell you what. You know what ends up happening? What God wants you to do is the thing that's going to thrill you the most. We may think that other things are going to thrill us. Temporary, they may. They may feel good for a season. But God's will and purpose for you is going to make you thrilled. It's going to cause you to just be so excited in the things of God. Amen? Amen. We're going to talk for a minute here about a... um, a religious man. His name was Nicodemus. Many of you know about Nicodemus. Um, He was a Pharisee and a leader of the Jews. Actually, Nicodemus, I found out some information as I studied him, he was also a member of the Sanhedrin, which was the third court, the Supreme Court of ancient Israel. He was high up there. And as a Pharisee, he had to have the first five books memorized, Yes. And also, as I studied, now this is crazy, you may think, I thought, um, if you looked at their outward appearance, people were intimidated because, you know, oh, look at that holy man, okay? But what they did, they had what were called phylacteries, small leather boxes that they wore with, that contained slips of parchment of scriptures in there. So they had... The first five books of the Torah, scriptures in there, in there, those little boxes, and on their arm as well. And they wore that to be seen of men. And they were very religious-looking, holy, but only on the outside. Inward, they were empty. And that was Nicodemus. Even Nicodemus, looking so holy, you know, that made the, the, just the common people, intimidated or bowed to them or whatever they did. He knew that inwardly he was empty. He needed something else. So, and maybe that's you all today. Somebody here might feel inward, inside empty. You know, even though outward, it may look like everything is going great for you. And you know what that is? That's a sign, brothers and, and sisters, a little nudge to, hey, get with me. I have the answers for you. Come to me and seek me, and I'll show you all things. That's what God wants to do. So, Nicodemus humbled himself as a Pharisee and went to Jesus. He went at night, but he went humbled, and Jesus was very gracious, very gracious to receive um, Nicodemus. And Nicodemus said to Jesus, now this is in John 3, 2. He said, Rabbi, We know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. And remember that Jesus never said anything unless the Father spoke. You know, Jesus spoke what the Father spoke. So in John 3, 3, Jesus answered and said to him, most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot even see the kingdom of God. And in the Passion Translation, John 3, 3 says, Nicodemus, listen. Listen to this eternal truth. Before a person can even perceive God's kingdom, they must first experience a rebirth. And then in verse 6 on chapter 3, Jesus said, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Jesus differentiated. He, he, he told us the difference. There is a difference. Amen? This means born anew, born in your spirit. Religion focuses on making your flesh appear holy, even though your spirit is not alive. That's, that's what they do. Amen? But brothers and sisters, how do we become spirit focused? We're alive to God. If you have been born again, you're now alive to God. And I trust you've been visiting and having a relationship and loving God and, and um, getting away and getting into your secret place. So today we're going to go to also we're going to go to Hebrews 4.12 because I love that because it tells us what the word of God is, what the actual word of God is and what, it, what he does. For the word of God is quick, powerful, and sharper. Wow, 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 wow. When you get before the Lord and you're reading and ingesting his word, his word alone has the power to change us and to save us. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and the joints in the marrow. That's what God's word does. You know, God's word is a mirror. You know, we get dressed, we come to church, we sit in front of the mirror, the men shave, the women put makeup on or fix their hair. That's our outward appearance, and that's how we look into the mirror. But you know, you can't do anything with your spirit unless you look into the Word. The Word of God is the spirit, is the mirror for your spirit, to see how you look in your spirit, brothers and sisters. See what you are in the Spirit. So, and that Word sets us free. God has given us a way to know what his spirit is saying, and that's by his word. But what's most important to understand is that there is a difference between hearing and listening, amen? You could be at an airport, you can be at Target, you can be many places, and you hear noise, amen, all around you. But you're not really listening to it. It's just like you're, you're hearing. And um, you can hear something but not listen to it. Proverbs 4:20. I have some scriptures that's just going to back that up. Um, God says, I think early on. I've been a Christian for many years, but early on, I got this scripture in my heart, and I stuck to it. Proverbs 4:20 is so important. He says, "My son, give attention to my words," and I take that as truth. I take that as God telling me, Kathy. Give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. And you know, doing research on that word, incline, that means to turn, to make effort. Do you ever want to hear somebody and you go like this? We do, because their words are important to us. And so God, God says, incline your ears to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. God wants us to know that today. That's such an important scripture. Why? Because he says here in verse 22, for my words, they are life to those who find them. Not everyone is going to find them, brothers and sisters. When you see that, don't lightly read over it. God's word is life to those that find them and healing and health to all their flesh. I'm just going to give you a little example here about really listening or hearing. I have a friend that's very valuable. She's a woman of God. She's involved in a lot of ministries. But we can't really fellowship, maybe once a month or even once every two months. But when we do get together, I value her words because she's very spiritually mature. So we made a time that we can go have brunch. And I got a lot of people telling me, my daughter and son-in-law, just saying, hey, you know, the this restaurant is, has great bra- breakfasts and brunches, so we went there. I stepped into that place. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not making one lie to you, brothers and sisters, or exaggerating on this one. It was so loud I couldn't even hear the waitress or the hostess. It, we went in there, we tried to sit down, and I had to say, "Hi, how you doing?" You know, and, and I said, and then the waitress came. I couldn't even hear her. I said, "I apologize," you know, to the waitress, but my friend and I had a turn and leave. We ended up going to this other place that the food wasn't that good, but our fellowship in the spirit was great. I got to hear her. She spoke into my life, and that's sometimes what we have to do. You don't just have to sit there and take it. You know, if something comes on TV, you know, I took, and I still do, take so long guarding my heart, because there in... uh, Proverbs 4, I believe it's 23. Proverbs 4:23. It says, "Above all, you guard, guard your heart, because out of it is going to flow the issues of life." So we guard the word that we put in our heart, and right away, if you see something contrary come up to you, you're going to say, "No, nope, I'm not going. To, I'm not going to sit there, and I'm not going to, you know, watch that, or I'm not going to listen to that." It's up to us. Amen. Okay, I just want to stay by my notes because I can really rabbit trail. Brothers and sisters, that's why I'm looking here. I don't want to rabbit trail. If you're going to listen, you're going to have to make a conscious decision to turn away from other things. Okay, so we, you're going to have to value what you listen to. And it's really up to you what you cho- choose. Nobody else can make that decision for you. But we must understand... But just hearing is not enough. Hearing is not enough. Many times I'll go somewhere, I'll hear what the minister is saying, but then I go home and I listen to what God is saying to me through that minister, through the scriptures. First Corinthians 2.14, but the natural man, the natural man without the spirit of God. This is amazing, brothers and sisters. If you don't know this scripture, I would say write it down. But the natural man does not receive the things of the spirit of God. For they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. We are so blessed to be made alive in our spirits when we're born again that we can now spiritually discern the word of God. We can understand the things of the spirit because we're, we have been made alive to God. When you're born again, you have the Spirit of God living inside of you to bring understanding to you when you read the Word of God. Before, I was a Christian years and years ago. I used to pick up the Bible and try to read it. It was like foreign. I didn't understand anything that God was saying. But God wants us, he wants us to understand. He has things that we, we already mentioned for you that we don't know, and you won't know until we go to him and give him quality time. How many other things do we give quality time to? Many. Amen? And listening doesn't happen automatically. Revelations 322, he that hath an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches, to Passion Life Church. Let him hear what the Spirit is saying. Now there's people, I've heard this before, they're both being the same service, they'll both be hearing the same thing. Want to walk out in victory, And healed with an understanding, and the other one will say, well, I really didn't receive that much, and there's something wrong with that. The Bible actually says that we have something to do with that. We determine the measure that we want to be focused on and how much of it. Mark 4.23 says, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. God wants us to be listening. Then he added, this is... um, The NLT. Pay pay close attention to what you hear. The closer you listen, the more understanding you will be given, and you will receive even more. And I've experienced that with the Lord. You know, I'll be studying something, and then the Holy Spirit will speak a scripture to me that goes with that that I'm studying. And I'll go over to that scripture, and I'll go, Yes, that's powerful. God wants to have that interaction with you, brothers and sisters. He wants to show you things that you don't know, so we can become mature in the things of God. And you know, the Lord's intent for all of us is to be conformed to the image of his son, Jesus Christ. That's God's purpose for every one of us here, to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. Spirit decisions produce spirit results, which are great. We can have spiritual benefits. We can't have, excuse me. We can't have spiritual benefits by fleshly decisions. That that's not going to happen. For um, many people think they can, but you can't. There is no way. We're to have no confidence in the flesh at all. Galatians five sixteen and seventeen. Now, what I'm going to read next. It's I'm almost ending. But what I'm going to read next kind of sums up everything that I believe the Spirit of God wanted you to know today. Um, Galatians 5, 16 and 17. I say then, walk in the Spirit and you shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. That's how we don't fulfill the lusts of the flesh is by walking in the Spirit. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit and the Spirit against the flesh. They're contrary to one another like repelling magnets. You cannot walk in the spirit and the flesh together. No, we got to choose. Because if we do one one time and we're blessed and received from the Lord, then stop and then continue in the flesh, our life is not going to go where God wants it to go. I'm going to tell you that right now. So you do not do the things that you wish. Romans 8, 5, and 8. For those who live, now listen, this is, this is very good. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit set their minds on the things of the spirit. This is how we have to live. We have to catch our minds if it's wondering and trying to think on something that you know God doesn't want you to think on, or even thinking on things that's not going to help you in your walk with God. But Romans 8, 6, this is important for every day for us. It says, for to be carnally minded. Now, carnally just means fleshly minded. To be carnally minded is death. Oh, God just puts it out there. I love that about the Lord. If you're going to be fleshly-minded and think on the things of the world, it's not going to be life to you. It's going to be contrary. It's going to be death. But to be spiritually-minded, brothers and sisters, God says it's life and peace. And you know what I've been practicing? Because Isaiah 26, 3, it says, God says, I will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on me. And that's what I practice. I've been experiencing so much peace in my life, sometimes I, I just stop and I say, wow, I'm so peaceful. It's supernatural peace. It's not mine. The world's peace is peace out, you know, or uh, oh, take a breath or uh, whatever. You need to go drink some water or whatever it is, you know. But it's not, that's not God's, God's peace. So the Amplified in verse 8, Romans 8.8, 8, so then those who are living the life of the flesh, catering, To the appetites, the AMPC says it it, so like, oh my gosh, right out there. For those that are living the life of the flesh, catering to the appetites and impulses of their carnal fleshly nature cannot please or satisfy God or be acceptable to him. So that's why we just have to right there, cut it off, stop it. You know, what else can you say? This is what God says. If you want to live a life of purpose, God's will for your life, well, God has given us instructions. And you know, I just praise God so much because this book right right here, your Bible, mine's kind of big and kind of tore up, um, this is God's love letter to us. He tells us how to do life, and it's not with the natural mind or how the world tells us at all. But God gives us the answers. So many times we're whining and complaining, I don't know what to do. Well, try this. God's word every time is correct. It's truth. It's truth that we need. God's word is truth, brothers and sisters. Amen. Being spirit-focused, living the way this way, will cause you to be able to... This is what I love, because when you start living spirit-focused, it will cause you to be able to identify those things of the flesh and quickly turn from them. That's happened to me so many times, and I'm sure it's happened to a lot of you here today. Nope, you can discern that. That's, that's not from God for me. Nope, no thank you. But we have to, you know, have enough boldness, have enough um, strength in God's word and assurance and confidence that his words mean more to us than anybody else's. You know what, who I let in my inner circle is very few people. I have, I'm serious, maybe I have four. Maybe, I think four. I can count my children, but you know, sometimes there's things that you wanna talk about to somebody else that you're not gonna talk to your children about. So I could say I have three outside of my, my children that I would open up and share my heart with. You can't do that with everyone, brothers and sisters. You can't do that. You have to protect your spirit. For if you live, this is verse 3, 13 in, in chapter 8 of Romans. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. Now, God is telling us here something important. If you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if, you, if by the spirit you put to death, we put to death, the deeds of the body or the flesh, you will live. So that means, because all of us here, myself included, all of us, we're human. We live in a fallen world. So all of us will make a mistake and maybe do something by the flesh, maybe buy something of the flesh, you know, not really thinking or praying about it or whatever, and we mess up. So God tells us, he said, if by the Spirit you put to death those deeds of the body or the flesh, you will live for as many that are led by the Spirit of God. That's why we must be, are the sons of God. To me, this makes me tremble inside because I wanna be that way. I said, Lord, I wanna be led by your Spirit all the time, but you know what, that just doesn't happen. It just doesn't happen. It happens when we get with God alone. You need that time. Just like spouses, you need time alone with your spouse. Amen? Okay, so now I'm actually in closing mode, and um, I wanna leave you with some of these scriptures, and then we're gonna pray. Zechariah 4.6, Zechariah 4.6, God is saying it's not by your might, not by power, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. So if you're here today and you've been trying to do life in your own power by your flesh, you've been trying to make it happen you know, by your flesh, your own understanding, God knows that today, and he cares enough to speak to your heart today. He just maybe wants to nudge you to go off and say, hey, I want you to be focused on me. I have things that I want to say to you, but you haven't given me time. You haven't really carved out uh, that time to encounter me, to come before me, just you and me. Maybe sit there in his presence and be still and know that he is God. And wait on him, and he'll speak to you. Don't give him ten minutes. <laughs> You're going to go in there, okay, I have ten minutes, and then i got to go. No. We can't do that with God. That'll be to our disadvantage. Make time. Turn from your regular schedule and make time for God. Amen. Amen. I want to remind you today, all of you, that call yourself Christians, and we're here passing through. This isn't our permanent home. Philippians 3.20 tells us our citizenship is in heaven. Don't get too tight with this world. Don't get Jesus and God all through the Bible. He says, come out from among them. Amen. He, does, he wants us to be separate. We're sanctified. Amen. They are not of the, Jesus said in John 17, I love that prayer. If you've never read that, probably most of you have here, but if you've never read John 17, it's God, it's Jesus's prayer to the father which is so beautiful. And in that prayer in John 17, 16, he said, they are not of this world. They are not of this world, just as I am not of this world. You are not of this world, brothers and sisters. You're set apart for God's use. Therefore, we must be focused on what the Spirit of God is saying to us today in these last days. More than anything, we have to prioritize what we focus on. Amen? We must Your spirit is not the only, I love this right here, what what the Lord says. Your spirit is not the only part of you, but it's the most important part of you and me. Amen. 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 So you're one-third Holy Ghost, brothers and sisters. Um, set apart for God, to hear God. God did that. So, and you know, if we feed our spirits with the word of God, you know what happens? And you walk in that, your body and your um, soul is going to follow because it'll be the stronger man, right? But if you're only feeding your flesh, everything from the world, and you walk in that, well, then your spirit is going to lie dormant. You're not going to be hearing what God wants you to hear. It's vital that you and I live in spirit-focused because living spirit-focused affects every other area of your life. It does, every area, your family, your, um, your job with your, uh, the employees, whatever it may be, your prayers and what you're focusing on or what God is telling you to do. It affects every area of your life, whether you're going to do it God's way or you're going to do it your own way. You know, I remember um, a speaker that I listened to a lot. When he was first, like, getting ready to, to preach, and he knew his sermon and everything, he actually was coming up from his seat and coming on the platform. He said, God, I got this, meaning that he didn't need God. I got this. Well, what happened was he actually fell on his face. He didn't have it. We need the Spirit of God. I have nothing to offer without the Spirit of God. At all, Nothing to offer anybody but, but the Spirit of God within me. Okay, it could be, maybe there are some here today, and I'm going to minister to you. And if your heart, if this um, confirms in your heart what you're, what you're sensing at this time, that you've never received the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And I know some people kind of shy away from that. But Jesus, if the disciples in the 120 had to go in the upper room and receive the Holy Spirit and power, we're disciples too. We need the Holy Spirit and power. He fills us with his power. In Ephesians 5.18, it says, Don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. And some people will think you're drunk, right? (laughs) Just like the disciples.
0: Thank you for listening today. We hope that you were encouraged and uplifted by today's message. For more information about Passion Life Church, visit us online at passionlifechurch.com.